Well, hello. Welcome, my friend. Welcome to another episode of Dear Matchmaker. This is probably our final episode of 2023. So I'm so excited that you have decided to spend a little bit of time with me today. Welcome to the show. If we've never met before, hi, I'm Kat. I am your matchmaker, your dating coach, your hostess with the mostest, your image consultant, and so much more. And I'm so excited to spend some time with you today, especially as we wrap up 2023. Uh, I want to share with you a little secret of something that I do to kind of commemorate uh, the year and moving into the new year. And I think that this is something that you can truly implement in your own life. I feel that, um, especially when you are single, it is really easy to date from a mindset of lack of what we don't have. And one of the things that I try to teach, uh, both my clients and, um, you here on Dear matchmaker and on TikTok and on all the places is to teach you everything that you do have. And there's, uh, an important mindset shift that happens that when we start to look for positive things that are happening in our life and the good things that are happening in our life, it will just completely change our outlook and we become better daters, more positive people that people want to be around. Um, see, and I'm already diving into it before I jump in. I'm already jumping into it before I've like covered my whole, my whole intro. So welcome to the show. Uh, just, you know, just if you're brand new, let me just tell you a little bit. So here at Dear Matchmaker, our goal is to help you become a more informed, empowered dater. And it's interesting to me because I get some pushback about why is dating so hard? You know, I, especially people who like to comment on TikTok where they're like, oh, I've been married for 30 years and it wasn't so bad for me, or I've been married this amount of time and it wasn't so bad. And not to go into this whole episode about it, but we, dating is a relatively new thing for human beings. I don't know, like marriage was never created for romance. Marriage was created for bringing families together. Uh, it was more of a business transaction. It was all about land. It was about property and it was about politics. It was never about romance. And so dating for romance that will ultimately lead to a long-term partnership or a marriage is relatively new. And not only that, but throw online dating into it, the whole technology piece, there's science behind the way that we, why we act the way that we do. There's attachment theory that was based off of how we were raised. I mean, there's so much. So if you sit here, sorry to go on that little bit of a rampage, the rampage, a little bit of a rant. So if you're sitting here and you're like, Kat, I don't understand why it's why this is so difficult. It's because we haven't been doing this for very long. It's not like you graduated from high school and someone handed you the book of how to uh, attract a healthy relationship into your life. And these are the the pro. This is what you need to do in order to date to find your person. No. Right. Like none of that was given to us. And especially if you came from a home that you didn't have a positive relationship to look for, or even so, even if your parents are still together 
you have this idea in your head of what a relationship should be, and you already have these really high standards. So I just want to welcome you here. Thank you so much for being here. And my goal here is to share stories with you, to bring insight, to bring on incredible guests, to hopefully, as one of my reviewers put it, to leave you with some nuggets, right? Something that you can take away from these episodes that you say to yourself, okay, this is something that I can implement into my dating life or this, oh, I never looked at it this way. Just one thing. And that's how I've always viewed all my episodes, all of my videos, you know, cause y'all I've been, I've been recording videos for over, over a decade. And I've always thought to myself, as long as this makes a difference in one person's life, that's all that matters. So welcome to the show. And, uh, it's another, this is another solo episode and I wanted to get this out to you. Hopefully it's out to you before 2024. If not, this is a good practice that you can implement into your daily life. I was going to do a completely different episode when I, when I planned on, when I came into the office this morning, I'm like, nope, I'm going to do an episode about something else. And I thought, and I, I don't know, cause I've been, this episode is almost three years or this episode, this podcast is almost three years old. It started off as, um, it started off as a single women's society and then transitioned into, to dear matchmaker. And it's almost been two years as dear matchmaker. Um, and I don't know if I've talked about this. I want to say that I have, I want to say that I have, um, but I could be wrong. I didn't go back and try to like find it. But I know I've done an episode of what it's like to to ring in the new year as a single person. And I know that I can sit here and tell you, you know, give you some mindset things of of how to celebrate the new year as a single person. But I just want to acknowledge that it's not easy. Because I know I've been there. I know, and this practice I'm going to be teaching you today is something that I implemented into my life when I was very, very single and was tired of the mindset that I had and knew I needed to do something in order to change the trajectory of my life, of my romantic life, of just the joy that I was bringing into my life. I knew that something needed to change. Because you know that saying, misery loves company, and boy, is it true. And I don't want to get off on a tangent on that. But if we are miserable in our lives, we cannot seem to find the joy. Even when joy is presented to us, we will sabotage our lives in order to not have it. We will create excuses and reasons and uh, justifications on why we can't be happy. And until you recognize, okay, I'm not happy enough in my life, there is some changes that need to be done. And until you recognize that, you won't see it. And I think that there are you know, the way that I kind of think about this is when I used to do life coaching and confidence coaching, I, one of my biggest things was people who would complain 
about their situation. Now, I'm not saying you can't complain because you absolutely can't complain. You absolutely can't complain. I don't want to, gosh, what do they call that? I'm not taking away your your struggles, your pain, your what the things that you've been going through. I don't want to minimize that and I don't want to I don't want to overlook it because I think that there's reasons why we are in a position to where we cannot make changes. And I get that and I understand that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I remember when um, I was coaching a woman who was at her job and she had been at her job for 15 years and hated it. It was a constant, it was a constant energy in her life where it was every day I saw her, there was a continuous complaint about her job, always complaining about her job always complaining about the people at her job, about her job in, in general. And I would always say, why don't you look for a new job? And she would always say, I can't. And I would say, but you have, you're highly, highly qualified. She goes, well, I've already been at this job for 15 years. I've already invested this much time and energy into it. And I can't make, you know, I can't find a new job. And it became something to where I want to say that when we're in that kind of misery, it's almost as if it becomes a badge of honor. It's almost as if we become a martyr. It's almost as if we are walking around that this thing has become our identity. And we are so afraid of being happy. We are so afraid of taking the necessary steps that we need to do in our own lives in order to achieve happiness. And there is a book that's called, oh gosh, what is it called? Oh wait, I have it over there. I think it's called The Big Leap. Yes, The Big Leap. Uh, author is Hendrix. The Big Leap. If you haven't read this book, I highly suggest you read this book. It's one of the books that I that I highly recommend. This, they talk about a lot about your zone of genius uh, and talk about when you reach your upper limit in life. And I don't want to go into all of the detail about the upper limit, but the upper limit in life does paralyze you from being happy, from doing the next thing, from being bigger, brighter, from doing the thing that you need to do in order to achieve happiness. Misery loves company. And when we have in this book, The Big Leap, they talk about, he talks about how Lottery winners, how when people win the lottery, that you know, because people say all the time, okay, there's always a problem in my life. I never have enough money, never have enough money. And then people get money, more money that they even know what to do with. What ends up happening is that they subconsciously will sabotage their own lives because that upper limit, when you reach that upper limit of true happiness, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy in my life. This is fantastic. It can't go anywhere else from here. It can only go up from here. That that upper limit becomes so uncomfortable because you're so not used to it, right? Love to be in the misery, love to complain, love to talk about the things that you don't have versus everything that you do have. And I'm going to get to my exercise here in just a minute. Just bear with me. There's a reason why I'm saying all of this. So hang on tight. 
So in the book, he talks about when the upper limit, that when we reach that upper limit and we are so uncomfortable that we will subconsciously sabotage our lives in order to knock ourselves back down to where we're more comfortable. This is like the whole stepping outside of the box, doing something uncomfortable that you can only grow when you're, when you're doing something, um, you know, you can't grow when you're in the box. You have to step outside of the box. You have to be uncomfortable in order to grow, in order to become the new norm. So when we are putting ourselves out there, vulnerability, right? Putting ourselves out there, it takes practice. I don't ever, I always have the saying, you know, um, confidence isn't fake it till you make it. It's always practice it until you become it. That's my thing. Always practice until you become it. So when we are, we, we are so afraid to hit that upper limit that we love to just remain comfortable within our own box, that we love to not see the possibilities of what's there, that we're truly almost afraid of being happy because again, misery loves company. And especially if that has that whole situation or that thing has become your identity for so long, it can be really paralyzing to even fathom the idea of going after something, doing something that's going to make you uncomfortable in order to achieve more happiness. It's just like, and I know I've done podcast episodes about this before. It's just like going back to your ex. Is it much harder to try to achieve happiness by being vulnerable with complete strangers than to go back to your ex where you're comfortable, you already know who they are? Yes, absolutely. Is it in your best interest? Absolutely not. When we are the representation of our circumstances and we feel that we're powerless and we feel that we can't overcome it and we feel like that we can't make the changes in our own lives in order to receive the true happiness and joy and fulfillment that we truly deserve, that mindset also will leak into your dating life where we will settle for just what comes our way, where we say, well, okay, well, this isn't exactly what I'm looking for, but at least I'm in a relationship. At least I'm with somebody and then I'm not having to be alone this holiday season. And then we'll go to our parents and we'll go to our friends and we'll complain about our significant other. Even though we know, again, and I think that, I think that I want to just, I want to make this very clear. I'm not talking about people who are in very abusive relationships. That is a completely different thing that is beyond my scope. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the circumstances of your life in which you have, that you feel that you have the control to change. Because sometimes in those situations, you don't. And, or you do, but it can be really difficult to overcome it, to be able to be strong enough, to be able to stand up to it, and to be able to break free from it, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about circumstances that are within your life in which you are truly unhappy, and yet you are constantly making excuses on why you cannot make the changes. So when we go into 2024, it can be really overwhelming to say, oh gosh, okay, new year, I'm still single, uh, what are all the changes that I need to make in my life in order to get to what I want? And that mindset, you know, you sit there, you make your New Year's resolutions. Okay, great. I'm going to list these all down. 
And just even doing that exercise can be overwhelming. It can be a reminder of everything you haven't done. It can be a reminder of maybe that you're not to where you're, where you really want to be in life. Like, so I think that new year's resolutions, I think that there's a time and a place for those. And I think that if that is your, if that's your gig and if that's what you love to do, then go for it and go for it. But I want to share with you an exercise that I share with my clients here in my office when they feel that they have a state of lack, when they are feeling, oh my gosh, here I go. I have another new year that I have to go into that I'm still single. And I am sharing this with you because this is something that I did in my own life when I was single mom living in the trailer park. And just to kind of give you a backstory. So when, when I, when my divorce, when my ex-husband and I started to go through our divorce, he kicked me and the two kids out. So he kicked us out and we lived in, I didn't want to disrupt the kids. They were already starting, they were already in school. And so I wanted to finish up the school year. And so when he kicked us out, I moved into a tiny two bedroom apartment um, for the rest of the school year. And then that summer, the only way that I could live in the school district at that time as a single mom who was not getting any child support, the only way that I can make sure that my kids were in the school district that they, that I wanted them in was to live in the trailer park. And I'm not dismissing trailer parks. I think that they serve a purpose did I feel defeated when I moved into a trailer park? Absolutely. Did I feel that, is this exactly where I wanted my life? Is this exactly where I wanted my two children to live? Is this the life that I wanted to have for them? Absolutely not. I had gotten to myself to a point where I was like, it was like I kept kind of pushing my upper limit. Leaving my ex-husband, that was a huge thing. Living on my own because I'd been with my ex-husband since I was 19. That was a huge thing. Moving and in, moving into a community that I knew was going to be some more supportive and and was uh, near my work. That was a new thing. So I was constantly making these baby steps. And I knew when I moved into this trailer park. And by the way, two trailers, not just one. The first trailer that I moved in actually um almost imploded. Um <laughs> had a massive gas leak. Anyway, I can go on about this stuff. Because it doesn't matter. And so my whole point of why I'm telling you this is that I really felt at that point in time that there was no silver lining for me. I was having, there was, there was a moment when I was having to move from, I moved from that trailer to another trailer that I was going to be homeless in three days unless I found somewhere for us to go and by the graces of the universe, another trailer opened up and they were willing to work with me and I was able to move in. And I was, I mean, if I didn't move into that trailer, I didn't know where I was going to be. So you can completely understand my mindset at that point in time about how I felt. Why, why was my life this way? While, by the way, my ex-husband was already engaged to be married to someone else and had moved out of the state. And I truly was raising the kids, raising my kids on my own, living in a trailer park as a single mom, working at a corporate job, just trying to make ends meet. Oh my gosh, I think I was making 25,000 at the time. So that New Year's, we moved into that new trailer, I think that summer. 
um, that New Year's, I remember sitting there and my kids were in bed and I remember saying to myself, I'm done. I'm done of this mindset of thinking to myself that I am powerless, of thinking to myself that I am just um, a result of these circumstances that I had no control over. That even though I knew that I had climbed this upper limit this whole time, I I kept leveling up, leveling up, leveling up the whole time, you know, uh, taking my kids along and and raising my two kids. And I knew, which my two kids still to this day look very fondly on those years, by the way, and they're both very successful um, adults. My daughter just graduated from college. She's going into med school. My son's a software engineer. They're both thriving in their lives. And so it's so interesting when you look back on those times, you're like, oh my gosh, this is totally gonna. But I think that my kids like were able to watch me. And instead of me being, you know, a, a, a result of my circumstances, I decided to take the bull by the horns and I was going to take the power back and I was going to start changing my life. I was done. I was done with this. And if you haven't listened to my episode about my ex-boyfriend who claimed that he was dying of cancer, um, that was happening at this whole time. So I just broke, I moved into that trailer, the second trailer. I broke up with my ex-boyfriend. I believe it was that September and so uh, it was that it was that New Year's after that. And I thought to myself, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I am getting myself out of here. What do I need to do in order to get myself out of here? Well, that is extremely overwhelming. And I have to tell you that at that point in time when I was dating, because I felt that my circumstances were um, powerless and I felt that my circum instead of me over, you know, using the mindset of being like, okay, this is just a bump. I'm able to overcome this and it's going to be okay. And I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to build character, which by the way, I have so much character already as it is. I don't need any more. That always used to be my thing. Um, my dating life was terrible. I was in the mindset of lack. I was dating people, uh, dating men at the time that were not dating men at the time that were not the type of men that I should be dating. And so that New Year's, instead of me making New Year's resolutions, this is what I did. I needed to acknowledge the year. So I sat down with myself and I tried to think of 10 things that I was super proud of myself things that I did that I overcame, that I felt that I got stronger from, that maybe my possibly would have been a good role model for my children, things that in my life that when I did a reflection, instead of thinking of everything that I didn't do, I focused on everything that I did. And you start with 10. You start with 10 things. And this could be getting out of that relationship that you never thought you would get out of. Being more mindful about who you're dating and who you're saying yes to and who you're saying no to. This could be work accomplishments. These can be personal accomplishments. This could be anything. So when we, they've done studies about gratitude and I don't wanna go into all of that. But part, one of the things, one of the journals that I provide with my clients is, is called the five-minute journal. 
And when we start to train our brain to start looking for things that are positive, because we're, we have a negative bias, 100% negative bias. We're programmed that way. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stay away from danger. Your brain scopes. Okay, what, do, what danger do I need to stay away from? We're literally designed this way. And so we have to reprogram ourselves and get ourselves to a point to where we can start looking at the positive. And the way that you do that is through gratitude. And if you don't know where to start, my friend, go to the five-minute journal, Google it right now, five-minute journal. It's like 20 bucks in which you do prompts every morning. It's literally five minutes a day, prompts every morning, prompts every night. Because when we start retraining our brain to look for everything positive, it's going to change our mindset. It's going to change our attitude. It's going to change our energy just in general to where I know that all of you know somebody who's a negative Nelly, right? Who's someone who's always the Debbie Downer, someone who is always complaining about something. Those people take so much energy from us, right? To the point where we don't want to be around them anymore. So it's our job to be positive. And when positive, when you're positive, people are naturally drawn to you. They want to be around you. They want to get to know you. When you are a positive person, I hear this all the time in my office again and again and again from people. If, if they're negative, I can't. If they're a negative person, I can't. I cannot go on a date with them. And I'm like, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So how do we show gratitude moving into the new year? for ourselves, for our situation. And if you want to just write down 10 things that you're thankful for. But to me, it's what you're thankful for. It's truly what you've accomplished. These are all the things I've accomplished this year. Write it down. Next, I want you to think about things that you would love to accomplish this upcoming year that you feel are attainable. What is that? You don't have to reach for the stars, right? I'm not asking you to lose 50 pounds in three months, which, I mean, if that's your thing, go, go for it. But baby steps, right? This is what we talk about in the dating world where we're like, we want the slow burn, slow and steady. We want, what are the baby steps that you need to do to implement into your own life that are goals for the new year, that are attainable, that it's not ridiculous, it's not something that's outrageous. It's something that's within the grasp of your hands. And maybe it's something that you've always wanted to do, but you just need that little push. So this is because when we, when we are listing intent, right, we're being mindful and we're listing intent. Okay. These are the things that I really want to do for myself. And if you don't even know where to begin on that, I want you to think about the things that you've always wanted to do or the things that you have always said to yourself, okay, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to do these things until I'm in a partner, until I have a partner. I'm, I've always wanted to do this, but I'm going to wait until I'm in a relationship. I always want to do this until I'm going to wait until I'm in a relationship. Heck no. In fact, one of my coaching clients, she's just out of it. She's just, she's been divorced for a year. She came to me for, we've been working together. In fact, her last session is tonight, actually. Um, when she came to me, 
you know, we started with what are the things that are going to bring you joy? What are the things that you've always wanted to do that you've always wanted to do that maybe you couldn't do before um, in your previous relationship? Or maybe you think to yourself that you have to be in a relationship and she's like, oh man, I think I've always wanted to, I've always, I've always wanted to go on a cruise. And I'm like, then you need to do research on a cruise and you need to figure it out and you need to place your deposit. Is it something that you can afford? She says, yes. Do you know they do singles cruises? Yes. Okay. You've always wanted to do a cruise. You don't need to be in a relationship to be in it. Just go do it. When we are preventing our, when we are creating excuses and reasons on why we can't have joy in our lives because of a relationship, this is a form of sabotage because the more joyful you are, the more romance you're bringing into your life, the more accomplishments that you're going to have the more personal development and things are going to grow and you're going to consistently keep pushing your upper limit. And when you're joyful in your own life and you're bringing romance into your own life and you are positive and you are feeling good about yourself, guess what, my friend? Love will find you so much faster. So much faster. So, New Year's. Sit down with your bad self and say to yourself, all right, I'm going to list down everything that I accomplished this year. And I'm going to do this too. I almost brought my list from last year, but I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to ruin the surprise. Cause here's what you do. You're going to list everything that you accomplished this year. You're going to list everything that you want to accomplish or put into your life or change or whatnot into the new year. You're going to take these lists and you're going to tuck them away. You're setting intent and you're going to tuck them away. I usually, I journal, so I will keep mine in my journal. And I actually, was it yesterday? I try to find, okay, where which journal did I set these intents? And I found it and I didn't want to ruin the surprise. So I've tucked it away. So I don't know, I don't remember what's on these lists. And so it's going to be a surprise for me this new year's because here's what I do. I will take last year's list. I will take my intent of everything that I wanted to accomplish or do or change or whatnot this year. I will go back. So instead of you using this list throughout the year and marking it off and marking it off and marking it off, no, set the intent and let it go. And watch what you do because you're already paying yourself gratitude. You're already setting intent for the new year. You start to, since you, it's already top of mind and the things that you want to do and those little baby steps, you know, doing things slowly. I promise you, you're going to be shocked on how much you actually achieve on that list that you did last year. So that's what you do. So this year, I've been doing this to, since 2000 and, oh my gosh, eight, 2009. And I actually, when I moved, found my old lists. I almost kept them all, but I throw them out. But I do have my, because I didn't keep them in a journal back then, but now I keep every, I keep all my stuff in a journal. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take out this journal and I'm going to go through the list of intent that I wanted myself to achieve this year. And I will mark things off on that list, mark them off. Then I will look at the other items on the list. What did I not accomplish? And instead of me going, oh, wah, wah, I didn't get these things done. I look at it and say, are these things important to me now? All these things that I thought were super important to me at, at the beginning of this year, are they still important? And if they are, 
Again, the baby steps, I just transfer it. Okay, great. I'm going to move that into the new year. If they're not that important, they get crossed off. That's it. Again, setting intent, being mindful, being grateful, and not being in a position where you are feeling powerless from your circumstances. You have the control. Could you do this in July or August? Yeah. But there is something magical about the new year, right? There is something magical about it. It's my favorite. I love it. Brian and I don't even go out. I sit there and I journal because it's really important for me to reflect on everything that I have accomplished this year because I want that energy, not, oh gosh, here's my new year's resolution. Oh, I have all these things I have to do. Heck no. I mean, yeah, set intent. Absolutely. Set intent. But I'm going to pay tribute to myself and to things that I've overcome and things that I've changed and things that I've implemented and the things that I'm super proud about this year. That is what's important. So it's just like in a, in a relationship, Brian and I, our motto is mutual appreciation. We are continuously showing each other how much we appreciate each other. So why you want that kind of relationship, right? Everybody does where you are both showing up for each other and consistently paying appreciation and showing appreciation to one another. So why in the hell would you not give that to yourself? Give yourself that appreciation. Write it all down. Let's bring that energy into the new year because you deserve it. Whew. All right, my friend. Boy, that was a little bit. <laughs> you can tell I'm very passionate about this. And this is a practice that I've been teaching for years. And I think that I'm curious. I would love to hear if you implement this practice into your new years. Um, you can always email me cat at the heart agency.com, or you can always, um, send me an instant message on all the socials. I would love, love, love to hear, um, what you think about this. And just as a quick reminder, uh, this podcast is a labor of love. It's brought to you by the heart agency, uh, where I offer matchmaking, dating, coaching, image consulting, singles events, and so much more. You can find out more information at the heart agency.com. And please come and make sure and follow me on all the socials on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Ooh, at Cat Cantrell. All right. Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, I appreciate you. Speaking of appreciation, I would not be here without you. Thank you so much for coming back for my return listeners and subscribers. And thank you for, if you're brand new, for being here and for sticking around. I appreciate you so much. Happy 2024. And remember, true love is waiting for you. And I will see you next time.